great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to keep more of what you make. And you can follow me at facebook.com slash Clark Howard. Coming up in just a few minutes in today's Clark Rageous Moment, we are creatures of habit. And a huge number of us are conspiring against ourselves when we go to pay for something. I'm going to tell you the change you need to make. And coming up yet later, hacks, 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 heavily attacking small businesses. Often the small businesses don't know till it's too late. I'm going to tell you what you need to do to protect yourself in your own life. And then if you own a business, what you should be doing to protect yourself. I want to talk about the tragic loss of life in a suburb of Phoenix when an Uber car that had a driver in the driver's seat who was not paying attention and was one that Uber was testing self-driving technologies plowed into a woman at full speed and killed her. And it has led Uber to suspend its self-driving car program and brought a lot of questions up about other efforts at autonomous vehicles, including the autonomous helicopters and drones for various purposes. And I will tell you that I am very much a believer in these technologies. And what happened in the case of Uber was a tragic loss of life. But there is no doubt in my mind that we're moving into an era where the way we do things, transporting ourselves and transporting goods, is going to go through a major, major overhaul. And trucking is just one example because trucking is almost certainly going to go into automatic mode over the long haul on freeway drives in rural areas that trucks will be they'll have a driver behind the wheel but the truck will operate itself and this is not something that's going to happen 10 years from now or five years from now this is going to steadily happen over months not years and will actually make the road a lot safer i think about all the packages being delivered now and how what demand that has placed on UPS and FedEx for drivers the demand is intense for them to get enough people out on those delivery routes Amazon though hopes to bypass at least in part using package delivery services and deliver with drones and It recently came out that Amazon has patents on drones that are able to hear human instruction. If a drone is coming in to deliver a package, it can both see motion from a human and know supposedly what to do with it and hear instructions from a human. According to the Florida Sun Sentinel, the package delivery will be designed to deliver in a half hour from when the Amazon warehouse has 
processed your order that would be delivered 30 minutes later. So not 30 minutes when you order, but 30 minutes from when in the warehouse it's been loaded onto a drone to fly to you. And so you can tell the drone what to do. You can signal the drone what to do as the customer with it coming to you that it has learned that if you're flapping your arms in what Amazon describes as an unwelcoming manner, you'll shoo the drone away. Or you can tell the drone what to do with voice commands as the drone's coming. Uh, Don't leave that at the front door. Bring it around to me at the porch or whatever. And so those are capabilities that are coming. And I know this seems weird, but I've uh, at Consumer Electronics Show, CES, Last year, I spent a day at what's known as the at the Drone Derby, and I saw the capability of various drones. Uh, specifically, I was very impressed with the ones for agriculture, the drones for search and rescue. If, let's say, someone has gone missing in the woods on a hike or whatever, how the search and rescue drones can do more in just minutes then 500 people can do searching all day. And there's no doubt when I've seen the capabilities that these drones certainly will be able to deliver goods to people. That that, compared to a lot of the other things, is going to be pretty easy to get done. Francine is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Francine. Hi, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you, Francine. You've got a little bit of a burden in your life, don't you? More than a little. Fill me in. I have two students who have already graduated from school, from college, and I have a large Parent PLUS loan. Um, My first child, she was not able to get any financial aid, and the majority of the loan, the way the school set it up, was on me. The second one, she was able to get some scholarship stuff, but she still needed some extra, so I had to take loans out for her also. So now I'm stuck with a bill. How much for child one? How much for child two? Um, Child one is about 50, and child two is about 40. So you've got $90,000 Yeah, and I still have two more to go through school. Oh, my all right. Well, you are a very, very generous mom. Oh, no. This mom was crazy. All right. <laughs> she was crazy. And I was in a situation where I wasn't working, so I said, oh, I'm not working. When I put that on the paper, they'll never grant me the loan. Boy, was I wrong. They granted me whatever I asked for. And I said, are you people crazy? Do you not see? I don't have an income. And then I got sick, and now I get a small enough check disability that I'm able to pay the bills and the car insurance. So the amount that they're asking monthly for a payment, I have the choice of living in the dark and not eating. I am so sorry. The two coming up, you're going to need to be straight out with them that you cannot assist with their college. Oh, yeah. The, the, the other one, she's, she's a freshman right now, and she's already got that. She's got a plan in her head, so she already knows mom can't help you. And my son... He is an A student, and he's been an A student all throughout. He takes honor courses right now, so I see high hopes for scholarships for him. 
So let's so talk about the two. Let's talk about the two older ones that you put your name on the line and sacrificed yeah. so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, isn't it time for a family conference and your two kids that benefited from these loans take on making the payments? It would be wonderful, except the oldest one. She has a lot going on right now, and she's barely holding on to work. And the second one is working, but her pay is not even enough to us because she lives not at home. She lives, you know, by herself. So she's paying rent and she has her own utilities and stuff. So. All right. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to be a, to I'm going to be a terrible human being. I here. know. I know. I need to hear it. Go ahead. All right. The, the second one's got to move back home with you. I know. And she needs to start taking on responsibility for those 40000 in loans. Mm-hmm. Because for you to tell me that you are in such desperate shape financially that it's like you turn the lights off and have no power at your home and maybe not an adequate supply of food so you can pay on these or, I mean, and she's off on her own and you're worried about her paying her bills, this is her bill. And is come right. due. Okay. So I I really think that it's important that that you let her know that this is on her. And the older one, you said she's got a lot going on. And is that yeah. like personal problems? Yeah. Yeah. And she's got some mental things and I can only give her so much because then it becomes overwhelming. Wait, wait, you're giving her an addition? Wait, wait, wait. In addition to lending her 50 for college, you're helping her out by your words? Oh, no. Oh, no? She has, she has work. Okay. She's able to maintain herself. Okay. But nothing else. Right now, she can just focus on, I have to work right now. <sighs> I, I hear you, but... And it's easy for me to say talking to you, I'm not talking to them, I'm not with the three of you, but I think the second one, no doubt the solution is obvious. She lets her lease expire, moves back into the home, and works diligently with the expenses she's burning on that to pay off the 40000 The one with the fifty, I mean, at least we can take some of that burden off of you with the forty. I don't really know what to tell you about the 50 if the older one is having a lot of personal issues. But obviously, you're not going to be able to handle this, and it's a debt too high. I would like you to talk with one of the counselors at the education department, the student loan department, and talk through how you can handle this, because when you bring up the starkness of having to deal with the most basic things in life that you can't afford to do because of these loans, my heart aches for you. And that's not okay with me. And so hang on, we're going to see if we can come up with who you should call and where, but a straight-on conversation with definitely the second daughter is in order today. Ellie is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Ellie. Hi there. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? Good. So, Ellie, I am getting bombarded 
with calls from people who are Capital One credit card customers. Mm-hmm. And I'm hearing a number of stories. What's your Capital One story? So they were my oldest line of credit. I had been with them for 18 years, um, and they just closed my account without any notice due to inactivity. I called them back, and they said that they would not reopen it. It was impossible. And I said, would you rather lose a customer than reopen it? And they seem to be fine with that. Um, All right. Well, let me tell you, I've done some reading on this because the number of calls that I'm getting are so large. Mm -hmm. And the story is that Capital One has seen a big rise in charge-offs, a big rise in people defaulting on their Capital One credit card bills. Back to a level last seen just before the bottom fell out of the economy last decade. So Capital One is frightened right now and is canceling people's cards, reducing people's credit lines, and all the rest. What I'd like you to do as quickly as you can, that history will remain on your report, the long, long history you had with them. But I want you to replace the credit you had with them. What was your credit line on that one? Oh, gosh. I, I don't even remember. I do have a very high credit score, um, and my current credit card that I was actually using um, is like 25000 or something like that, but I don't remember what the Capital well, One Well, I want was. you to get a card to replace that closed Capital One so that you don't harm your to- overall total amount of available credit, and get a Visa, MasterCard, American Express, Discover, any, any of the above. And just get it from a different issuer from the one that you have the $25,000 limit on that you tend to use. Get a different card other than, other than the $25,000 yeah, one? Yeah, one, get a card. You had a subtraction with the Capital One they took away from oh, you, so okay. I want you to add another from someone okay. else. Okay. And so do that uh, quickly before the cancellation from Capital One reflects in your credit reporting. So uh, if you're a net payer, you pay in full every month? Is that what I follow? For the most part, yes. Okay, so if you are somebody who tends to pay in full, look at the various reward cards that are out there that are so generous right now with the fight going on for customers. One simple one to look at is the city double cash. Pays you 2% cash back on everything you do. I was just talking with Ellie about her Capital One card that she got a notice out of the blue telling them they had canned her because she hadn't been using it. And it fits so well with what I mentioned I wanted to talk about, and that's that overwhelmingly we tend to use the wrong card. Uh, Huge numbers of us are creatures of habit, and we have as our front-of-wallet card what we have as our front-of-wallet card. But the reality is that there are a variety of options available for you for what credit card you tend to use or credit cards you tend to use that work best for you. So you're really harming yourself if you're using the wrong thing out of force of habit. An example, if you're running balances on cards, which more often than not people are, you want to know what interest rates cards carry and what card you might replace it with with a balance transfer or whatever else that'll get you a lower rate. If you pay your balance in full, 
which depending on who you believe, somewhere a third to 40% of people tend to pay balances in full every month, then you want to have reward cards that will reward you the most. Research that Consumer Reports did found that most often we benefit from using two cards, not one, if you pay balances in full. that will get you the total greatest amount of reward dollars. If you go to creditcardtuneup.com, you can run your typical charge pattern as somebody who pays your bills in full through their chart, and they'll be able to tell you the reward cards that will be the most rewarding for you. Glad you're here with us on the Clark Howard Show, where you're empowered with knowledge so you can keep more of what you make. You can follow me at facebook.com slash Clark Howard. I don't know if you've heard this story that was one that has played big in the southeast United States, not so much elsewhere, but the city of Atlanta government got hit by a ring of hackers who are now ransoming to the city access back to its computers. The computers are non-functional. Normal functions that happen at the courts can't take place. It's just one example of the kind of things that have shut down in the city of Atlanta with its government. And the crooks want to be paid in Bitcoin to release the viruses they put on the city systems, what's known as ransomware. But the greatest threat from ransomware is not something that becomes a public story like the city of Atlanta. The greatest threat is to a small business where criminals will get into that business, lock down the system, you can't deal with your customers, you can't pay your employees, you can't do anything because they've locked your computers at your small business down with a virus. This also happens to individuals, by the way. In fact, I get more calls from people who, as individuals, have had their computers attacked and shut down and locked by people who want to ransom your own computer back to you. So know that this is a big problem. New report from a security firm called SiteLock says that a typical small business faces an attack 44 times a day. And that's pretty amazing to think about. They only need one successful attack to then be able to cause havoc, either stealing money from your accounts or locking all your systems or whatever mischief they're into. So that brings forward two things. One, this is for both individuals and small businesses. If you're going to run a PC or a Mac in your house or your business, then you should have an external hard drive. Other people like the idea of you storing your data each night in the cloud with the cloud service. But I like the external hard drives that automatically back up and you have it right there in your own home or your own business. These hard drives now tend to cost for one with robust capacity around $70. And then you can automatically back up your data each night on that external hard drive. Or you can do the other. You can do it in the cloud, whichever you prefer. And the other thing that is really important with these hackers 
in addition to having that, for businesses, you got to have cyber insurance. Almost no smaller businesses have purchased cyber insurance. It protects you against so many eventualities, not everything, but so many eventualities. And whoever writes your business lines, general liability, or more specific insurance policies can almost certainly write you a cyber insurance policy or add it as a rider to an existing policy. For individual consumers, that is likely unnecessary. But for businesses, that is a very valuable thing, particularly when it comes to the cyber thieves trying to steal money from your accounts or potentially from your customers. Cyber insurance is a layer of protection that I strongly recommend. Susan is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Susan. Hi, Clark. It's a pleasure to talk with you. Well, great to have you here. And Susan, you have a home that you love, I hope? Yes, I do. I purchased it a little under a year ago, and the sellers uh, gave me one of these home insurance plans for the appliances that are about 18 to 20 years old. Oh, my. And I'm just, yeah, I'm just wondering if it's a good idea to renew at four or $500 a year or forget about it. So I am a real fan of those warranties when you're selling a home because it gave you some assurance when you bought the home because what, what you'd really be antsy about is you buy the home, you move in three weeks later, the stove dies or something right. like that. And so it, it's a real buyer's assurance to offer that. When you look at the math, though, over time, I'm not a fan of these. You know, if you're paying oh. four or $500 a year for one of these plans, the appliances that you're looking for protection from that are ancient, they generally don't cost that much to replace. Oh, okay. So you think about over okay. 10 years, If you the more typical premium would be five something. So let's say you got five grand over 10 years. Think how many different of the appliances in your house you could replace in the event they do croak and you choose what to replace them with. If you use one okay. of these warranty companies, often there are tight restrictions, Susan, on who you can call, how long you might wait for them to come. And they decide, the warranty company decides, well, we're just going to nurse this thing along for a while longer. We're not going to fix it. You know, we're not going to replace it right now. And so I, I like the freedom that comes with you taking that money and putting it instead in your own maintenance account fund. Okay, I got you. They also charge about $75 every time they come out. And I've had two occasions where... They come up with these loopholes, and they, you know, don't want to really do the fixing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. So I prefer for you to be your own insurance company. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate it. Sure. And I hope nothing breaks the day after I've told you not to renew this. Okay. Let's hope. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Mark is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Mark. Hi, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you, Mark. Good. Oh, boy, Mark. <laughs> oh, boy. I see what you're calling about. Yeah, yeah. 
All right, I've had your call before, unfortunately. All right. All right. Hit me between the eyes with this so your fellow listener knows what I'm going oh boy about. Okay, all right. Well, recently my wife and I were on a cruise, had a great time, uh, but while we were <clears throat> on the cruise, we uh, made it into the jewelry store and bought a piece of jewelry on uh, a ring, actually, on their uh, 50% off promotional night. And um, several times during the um, in, encounter, as far as buying the, the ring, we were told, oh, when you get back, it'll appraise for the full retail price. And uh, so, in essence, we so they were saying it. you were buying it truly for half e- price. Exactly. They were. And, um, and you know, and it's backed by, you know, it has a certificate of authenticity and it's backed by a reputable company as far as who ba- who owns the jewelry stores for the cruise line. So uh, everything seemed to be very above board, if you will. <laughs> um, but so we paid, um, you know, $5,500 for it. And when we got oh boy. and got it appraised, it appraised for $4,100. So so um, they were telling you originally that it was an $11,000 yeah. piece of jewelry. Yes. yes. But you're getting it now and right now only for 5500 Right. And it turns out that the appraiser says, nope. It's worth forty one hundred. Right, right, and uh, and then our, you know our initial thought is, man, what if somebody paid what they said was the retail on it? Uh, I mean, that would be a really bit, you know, really fraudulent. But uh, well, as a general you know, rule, the cruise lines all operate pretty much similarly. That these are lease departments on the ships. That the okay. the spa, the shops, the jewelry, the liquor stores. They're all, and the casino, they're all leased out. They're basically like mall uh, landlords renting out the space. Okay. And so the cruise line is just trying to make as much money as they can off leasing out those departments. But but the cruise line, to me, is the responsible party here. Right. They're the ones that lease to these people. They allow the flyers to be put into your cabin each night telling you, hey, hurry, you got to come by this, that, or the other tomorrow because during these hours we're having this special promotion. Right, you right. Know, the art auctions, all that stuff. And so have you contacted your cruise line and said, we were told blah, 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 and this is instead what we found out? Yeah, yeah. We actually we contacted him and um, – and talked to a customer service person, and they told us that they would forward forward our complaint on, but uh, to management. But they, at, in the same breath, which was surprising to me, they said, "But uh, don't respect, don't expect a response." All right, let me tell you what you do now. You make them a lot more uncomfortable. Okay. So you should go on cruisecritic.com. Okay. And start posting about this and very prominently name the cruise line and the ship and the specifics with the jewelry. Okay, okay. Second, are either you or your wife active on social media? Yes. You want to be very, you don't want to be uh, seem like a lunic, lunatic, but right, you just right. want to be very brief but very clear about how you got ripped off on the cruise. Okay. And okay. again, you name the cruise line, the cruise ship, everything. Right, right. And it doesn't okay. have to be a long story. You were very succinct with me, 
but that's how you do it on social media. Because right. what you want is you want to try to have the cruise line that's blowing you off worry about reputational damage. Yeah. Well, that was the, the hard part about it was when we contacted the uh, the company that backs it, they have no problem with us sending it back and giving the money back, giving our money back. Wait, 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 wait. You didn't tell me that. They'll give you your money back? Oh, yeah, yeah. We can get our we can get our money back. We can get refunded for it. But I feel like that what they were doing was basically saying, okay, we're going to sell you this, tell you this is it, and hope that you don't go authenticate this or go get it appraised. And, All right, and so actually I'm glad you did what they call in the newspaper business, buried the lead, because uh-huh. I'm glad we had this whole conversation because now we've made people aware that the art and the jewelry sold on the ships being sold as if they're such great bargains really are not. Right, And that right. you buy them only because you like them, never because you think they're of value. And if right. they're going to give you your money back, I still think it's useful for you to post on social media and on cruise credit just to warn other people, but right. just take the refund. Yeah. Yeah. We will definitely do that. Um, and, and we actually kind of hate to do that because it's, you know, we, it was a good, we were wanting it to be a, a good experience. It was kind of representing an anniversary and, uh, it was, and so it's, it's well, wait, wait, how would you feel knowing you paid $1,400 more than you should have? Would it uh, ruin it? for for you or would it still have enough sentimental value that you'd want to keep it you know if if it it's kind of a hard thing because we talked about this if it would have appraised at the amount that we paid for it or around you know a little closer we probably would just keep it and move on uh, and we might still do that but it 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 just it you know it just kind of gives gives me a bad feeling about the whole thing that you know we were sold something that was way off of what we were be, what it was being promoted as and and uh, so that's that's really what makes me want to send it back well i mean make that choice how what feels right to you but the warning for anybody going on a cruise is any of the pitches like you go to the the spa i don't know if either of you went to the spa while you were on the ship but the people who who actually do the massages and all that their job is to sell 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 you other packages while you're doing it, sell you uh, lotions, creams, everything that a woman might want, try to sell that stuff. And and they're expected to sell to every single person. When you go, right, right. When you go to um, the art auctions, it's a very hard sell. When you go yeah. to any of the jewelry things, they're always having some kind of promotion to try to get the sale. And it's it's not about the deal, it's about the sale. Right. Well, we call, we called our cruise our booking agent after the fact to try to get some more information, and he goes, and we told him what we did, and he goes, "Oh no," he said, "Don't ever buy jewelry or artwork on a cruise." <laughs> and by the way, from the people, they give you the brochure and tell you where in your report to go buy jewelry from them. Don't do that either, because they're paying huge commissions to the cruise line for recommending those particular jewelers. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sandy is with us on the Clark Howard Show. And Sandy, you have a question for me that if my mom was still alive, she would be prepared to answer this right now. (laughs) Hit me with it. All right. Well, the first thing I wanted to say was I've been listening to your show for many years, and it's an honor to speak with you today. Well, it's great to have you here. Thank you for that. Thank you. Okay, my question is, um, I'm going to be retiring close to the end of this year, and my husband and I have always had joint accounts for our checking and savings, and we have credit cards where we are both authorized users. And I was wondering if it, is there any advantage for us to have uh, accounts in our name as only, have separate checkings, and maybe have a credit card with his name and one with my name? So the credit cards are the thing that I worry about. And if my mom was still with us, she would give you chapter and verse that when uh, my father died, turned out she had no credit cards that were solely in her name and had to start over establishing credit. I see. So it is to any couple's advantage to have uh, individual ownership of credit cards where you could make the the your husband an authorized user on your cards and he in turn could make you an authorized user on his cards but that you have your cards and he has his cards on the go ahead i think we have some like that where you know my name is first on the card and then he can use it and then his name is first on another card and i can use it yeah just make sure you've got that and then you're okay and you should each have two cards that well, you we only own. have three between us, so... Yeah, so one of you needs to get one more. Oh, gee. <laughs> All right, so then <laughs> on the card. bank account, as long as the ownership transfers, and the wording varies a little, um, but as long as it transfers to you at the passing of, of your husband or to him at your passing, then it's fine to have joint savings and checking accounts okay that's wonderful i really appreciate your help so much and i'm so impressed because this is something i only hear from someone about after someone's passed away they're in the grieving process and then they find out they have these other issues to deal with as well well you know i want to try to do the best that i can for our future so that's why i wanted to call you today and i hope you both have very long lives and you don't have to worry about this for a long long time Thank you so much. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. I appreciate you spending part of your day with us here on The Clark Howard Show. I want you to know that if you need consumer advice, we're here to serve you off-air for free, nine hours a day. If you go to Clark.com and go down the home screen, you'll see a section, Consumer Help and Tools. Click on Consumer Action Center and you can get that free off-the-air advice.